Well, I just got a, a quick message, quick thought for you. But it is a thought that I feel like is, is from the heart of God for today. I want you to grab your Bibles. Turn with me to the book of Genesis. And if you struggle as to where, to, where that sat in the Bible, just open the beginning and you're right there. Because Genesis is the very first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 12. I've been studying and, and just thinking about the life of Abram. And if you'll give me the, uh, um, the leeway, later on his name was actually changed to Abraham. So I'm going to try, unless we're reading from this passage, I'm going to just say Abraham, but no, I'm talking about Abram, we're good. If, if you're offended by that, I'm sorry, I'm going to do it anyhow. Um, but, uh, and then his wife also was Sarai, later on her name was changed to Sarah, so if I talk about it, I might do, go that route. But I was thinking specifically, studying out of Genesis chapter 12, and there's uh, even through chapter 18, 19, just looking at this segment of Abraham's life. And I'm thinking about the importance of vision. The importance of, of setting in your heart what the Lord's vision is for you, for your life. What does God have for you? And the importance of that of defining that, of nailing that down. And so here we, we, in Genesis, you know, the very beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We know that, right? That we have, then we have Adam and Eve, and, and uh, they had some kids, some boys, Cain and Abel, and we can read about that. Um, and you go on and they get to this guy named Noah, right? Noah, he, he um, got swallowed by the fish, right? Are you with me? No, that was Jonah. Noah built the ark. Come on, people. Come on, okay, here we go. So Noah built the ark, okay, and, um, and, and it, it's an amazing passage of Scripture just to dive into, and you, you keep going, there's the Tower of Babel, and, and, and then you just kind of hit fast forward a little bit, um, and you get to this dude named Abram, Abraham. And as we pick this up in, in chapter 12, uh, we start with verse number one. It says this, The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country your people and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. Sorry, this is my fancy Bible because you might remember my dog ate the book of Genesis and Exodus. <clears throat> so I don't use this one too often, but verse two, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I'll make your name great and you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all the people on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham left as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Just a quick thought, Lot was his nephew. Let's keep going. Lot's father had died so it looks like Abraham was a bit of a father figure to Lot. Abraham uh, was 75 years old when he set out for Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran and they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the side of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring, I, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Verse 8. From there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent. And with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east, there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued towards the Negev. Okay. Let's just stop here. Just think. The Lord's got a fresh vision, fresh direction for Abram's life. And I'm not necessarily going to go verse by verse this morning like I often do, but I just want you just to, to zero in on that. Um, 
God told Abraham to leave the comfort of his home in Haran, his relatives, everything familiar so that he might start fresh in another land. Abraham caught that vision. God gave Abraham the vision of fathering a great nation. In fact, many nations. God said, you'll be the father of many nations. Abraham felt compelled to follow this great vision even when he had nothing else to rely on. And that's what I want us to get. Note this. Abraham wasn't sitting around one day thinking, hmm, what should I do with my life? No, God initiated the vision. And I, I want to encourage every Bible-believing um, uh, Christian in this room and watching here today, can I just encourage you that whatever it is that, 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 that is, is the initiative for your life, make sure it's a God-initiated vision. Whatever it is you're doing, pray, seek the Lord. I'll talk about some more specifics about how to get there. But I want you to see how Abraham nailed down what God's vision, God's plan was for his life. And I want to tell you, God has a vision and a plan for your life. You say, well, Scott, I, I'm actually winding down. I'm kind of getting at that retirement age, and I'm just kind of, <clears throat> let me say this again. God has a plan for your life. You say, well, Scott, I'm just, I'm still finishing up school. I'm still in uh, elementary, or I'm still in middle school. I'm still in college, and, and, I, I, and I'm still, I, I'm not really sure. <clears throat> let me say this again. God has a plan for your life. He has a vision. And that's why I love Pray First. I love that for years, we have started the year off with prayer. For years. Because uh, there's no greater time to me than at the very beginning of the year. God, what is it you have for 2022? In fact, beyond that, what is it you have for my life? Why is it so important, though? Why was it so important for Abraham? Why is it so important for you to nail down exactly what is God's vision? Because there's going to be an ex, excuse me, a Genesis chapter 15 moment for you. There's going to be a moment. We're not necessarily going to turn there, but in Genesis chapter 15, Abraham starts having this conversation with God. Um, God, you remember that whole thing about nations are going to be blessed and uh, it's going to... Well, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but my wife and I are barren. Yeah. So, so Abraham and Sarah, they, didn't, they couldn't have a baby. And God said, out of their womb, out of them, their loins, what's going to happen? There's going to be nations that are going to be birthed, and they can't even have a baby. How is this going to work, God? But this is what I want you to see. Where did Abraham go? He went back to the vision. He went back to the vision. Listen. Even if, you're, if God's given something in your heart, he's given you a vision for your marriage, for your direction, for, for your life. Um, he's given a vision for whatever it may be, and you might see things aren't happening the way you had planned. Let me just encourage you. He's not offended by your questions. He's not offended. In fact, I think he's pleased when we go back to God, remember when you laid this on my heart. Remember when you put this on my heart. Abraham went back to, hey, God, remember that whole thing, the vision. Remember this. I, I'm not seeing it. And, of course, God answered and said, well, uh, hold, hold on to your bootstraps here because, yeah, your wife's going to have a baby. And, and, and you can read that. It's a really amazing piece of biblical history. Read it when you have some time. But I, I want to talk to you. What, what has God laid on your heart? 
Because it's important that we nail this down no matter what age group you're in. It's important because there's going to come times when, when that vision is going to be shaken and life's going to be shaken and you're going to be like, How, what, what, I, this isn't what I thought was going to happen. Your marriage. Now, I, I know that um, there's... Uh, so, some of you, you're in different stages of life, but can I, can I just encourage you? The time to make a commitment to put Christ first in your marriage isn't when, when you're having an issue. It's at the very beginning of your marriage. You, you lay out a vision for your marriage that, that is biblical and it's God-given that we're putting Christ first in this marriage. Because I'm telling you, at some point in your marriage, you're gonna butt heads. You know, I, I, I talk to people and say, well, my, my wife and I, we just never fight. And I say, you're actually a liar. Pants on fire. Now, I realize maybe, maybe, maybe you, you never have a knockdown drag out, and that's good, but there, there ought to be enough of a personality in you and them that there are times when, when you do butt heads, it's going to happen. People say, well, the first year of marriage, they say, is the worst year, and my husband and I, it was just bliss. And I'm thinking, I don't, what world are you in? You're going to have issues, but why do you stick it out? Or let me just say this. If you got saved after marriage, then as soon as you give your life to Christ, then you say, we're going to seek first the kingdom. We're going to put God first. And whatever that means, I don't even know what that means right now. I just got, my, I just got saved. But whatever that means, that's what I want to do in my life. I'm going to put him. That's the vision. And I'm going to hold to that. Because then when, when stuff happens later on, stuff, putting it lightly, when stuff happens later on, then what are you going to come back to? When temptation starts and the guy at work starts flirting with you or the girl at work starts flirting, what are you going to do? You're going to come back to, no, this is the vision for my marriage. When your kid starts going wayward, and you know way back in that day, maybe it was even me, the bald head, chubby pastor, dedicated them to Jesus. And said, Lord, we dedicate these children to Jesus. And Lord, let them rise to follow you and serve you. And all of a sudden, you see one of your kids start veering off. You just say, well, they've made their, their decisions. No, you come back to the vision. You come back to the vision. that I raised that kid to follow Jesus. No, I wasn't perfect. But that was what was the vision for their life. And you keep coming back to that. Are you following me here? You, the Lord gave you a call, gave you a vision for to start a business, to start a new career, a new path, whatever that is. The Lord put that, initiated that in your heart. Nail that down and let that become a, a, a moment that you come back to always when things start getting rough. That's how important this is. Now, I, I've, I've talked to you a lot about about that. Now let me just let me just um, turn the corner here, and we don't have any notes, so you might want to grab an envelope or something if you'd like to jot this down, or maybe write on someone's head in front of you or whatever, some way that you'll remember it. And and let's let's let me let me talk to you just about some things that you probably already know, but let me just remind you, because you're sitting there saying, "Well, Scott, I've kind of got a sense that maybe something's up. I don't know." Um, Got some decisions ahead of me here the next few weeks, months, 2022, as I look at it. Uh, 
Or maybe you're like, Scott, I've never, I've never really taken time. I've always just kind of just done whatever was before me. And, and how can I discern the will of God? How can I discern, okay, God, what is your plan? What is, what is it that you have for me? And so as we start 2022, let's pray these prayers. First thing I throw out is this, off the top, number one, pray. You knew I was going to say that. And I'll bet you know what number two is too. But we're not going to get there yet. Number one, pray. Seek first the kingdom of God. Put him first. Matthew chapter 6, 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. It's in the Lord's prayer. Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I don't want to just do what I want to do. I'm going to do what your heart's desire is for me. You know what prayer is like? Let me just say this. What God desires prayer to be like is, is you really getting to know the heart of God. Yeah, I, I know for some of you, your prayer is just kind of an out there thing. And maybe you've always thought, I know I need to pray, but I struggle because I'm just, I, I, it's just different. Well, let me just encourage you. Don't let that stop you from praying. You see it from the Old Testament to the New Testament, all the way from the, uh, the, the, the book of, uh, uh, yeah, the whole thing. You see it. People talking to God. People praying to God. If you're a God person, if you're a Jesus Christ follower, then God wants you to talk to him, and he's going to speak to you. Now, it may not be an audible voice. I, I'm not sure I've ever even heard an audible voice, but I know I've sensed and discerned the Lord speaking to me, either through Scripture or even through, through um, just through my own just discernment. And, but here, here's what I want you to get. The more you pray, what I found, the more you talk to the Lord, the more you get used to kind of how he thinks and how he rolls. It's, it's, it's interesting. Just, I mean, you think about my wife. Megan and I, we've been married for 26 years now, I think. Yeah. And, um, and, and do you know, when we first got married, there was a lot she had to learn about me. <clears throat> also, a lot I had to learn about her. And the longer we've been married you know, the more we've learned about each other, the more we've been in relationship, the more we've talked, spent time together, had kids together, uh, um, uh, you know, and, and we've raised those children. All The more we've done all of life together, the more I get. Now, when we got married, Megan didn't say, okay, here's a little pamphlet, things Scott needs to know about Megan. And here's a, then it turned into a book and then an encyclopedia and... It has his own Google page now because Scott needs help. It wasn't so much that, but I can tell you, I learned about, and I'm still not perfect by all means, but I've learned to know Megan. And, and, and now if we're talking about something with someone else, whatever, and I'm talking, and they say, well, what do you think Megan would think of this? I, I've got a pretty good, pretty high percentage. Pretty high percentage of, I think Megan would think this way. Do you know why? Because I've been in relationship. Now, some of you, you're new to faith, or some of you have been in faith. You've followed Christ for a long time. Let me just tell you, God wants to have a relationship with you, and it starts through prayer. And when you're seeking the Lord's will, uh, it starts with prayer. Second thing is this. Here it is. Um, uh, scripture. Scripture. What does the Bible say? You know this, God will never contradict his, his word. If you feel, if God is laying something on your heart to do and you're, you're feeling like, is this God, is this not? And if it doesn't line up with the word of God, this whatever it is, then know this, it's not God. It could be the Taco Bell you had for lunch, but it's not God. God will never tell you to break 
his word. God will never tell you, well, it's just this one time. It's just, I thought it was, no, 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 no. He'll never do that. Beyond that, you ask yourself, whatever this is that the Lord's put on my heart, I'm trying to pray through thinking, I kind of got a feeling you ask, okay, is there, a, a, is there a, a, some kind of a doctrine? Is there, does the Bible say something specifically about this? Is there a principle that I could pull in is, are there Proverbs, are there other things? Maybe it doesn't talk specifically about this, but it would speak to this kind of a thing. What does the Word of God say? And let me just take one more step. For some of you, this may be a little out there, but I'm telling you, it's Bible. It's a rhema word. Now, rhema is a Greek word, and it kind of is, don't let it go. But just know this. What this is, is not just I'm reading the Bible, and boy, that's a good verse. This is where God takes a verse from Scripture and applies it directly to a situation in your life. It's a right now word from his word for your life. And there are times when God's going to do that. I remember when we were starting this church, 21 years ago we started this church. It was first service was December 3rd of 2000. The Sunday before we had 13 people. We had five kids and eight adults. We knew that first Sunday, December 3rd, we're pretty sure at least 13 people are going to be there. <laughs> Overall, we're pretty sure at least 13 for our first service. But you, you, you back up just a couple weeks and months when we were at a church planter's boot camp training event in Colorado. And we're sitting there with the church planting guru who wrote the book about church planting and starting new churches. And, and he's asking everyone all the questions. Some of you have heard this. You could tell the story as good as I can. But he said, when you start in your church, we said, oh, we're starting December 3rd. And pretty much he pushed back pretty hard and said, bad timing. You're between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and uh, you really need to push that back to, to Easter. And he starts telling us all the reasons why that's not going to work and blah, 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 blah. On top of just being overwhelmed with all the information from that, uh, flying home from that um, from that boot camp was maybe the first time I ever just had like a, a just like almost like a I'm going nuts type moment. And, and Megan's just like singing children's songs to me, patting my head, building up the temple, building, just, just trying to bring peace to me on that Frontier Airlines, as cheapest flight we could get into Denver. And, and um, as we're flying home. And so we got back and we're like, I don't know why, but December 3rd was just the date that we really felt like the Lord laid out. What do we do? Do we not? And it just threw us all in a tizzy. And so we just went to prayer, and the Lord laid something on my wife's heart, Megan's heart, and, and shared it. And, and we just kind of ran with that. And it, it was taking us back to Joshua chapter 6. And, and if, if you read Joshua chapter 6, when they're marched around the walls of Jericho, and the, uh, the seventh time they shouted and they blew the trumpets and whatever and the walls came tumbling down and here was the thought. The thought was, um, would, this, would, this, would this, if you would have gone to an, an army uh, a manual and this is how you defeat thine enemy. March around it seven times <laughs> and on that seventh day, the seventh time, thou shalt lift thine voices and trumpets and you shall defeat thine enemy. No! But it was what God told them to do, so they did it. That was the rhema word that started this church on December 3rd. That was what, what, what we, we took that as a word from God that, listen, the, the, the church planting gurus might say December 3rd is not the smartest time to start a church, but we just felt in our heart. And that first Sunday, we went from 13 people to our first Sunday at the garage up the road here. We had 96 people show up. Now, some of those uh, trickled away. We bottomed out at about 60, and we've grown from there ever since. What's your point? Scripture. 
God used the scripture to help define and uh, lead us to his will and his plan. Third thing, we got to keep moving here. Third thing is this, wisdom. Here's a question, is it wise? Would Jesus support such a decision? Pray about it, turn to the word about it, and ask, is it wise? Wisdom. Now listen, I know each of us could push back a few times in our lives when we felt the nudge to do something that maybe didn't feel like the wisest decision. But yet we had peace about it. I I go back to a season where we had two different families within a couple months come to me and say, they're very moved. One actually came to my front door. This doesn't happen very often. Opened the door. And I I, I said, hey, what's going on? And greeted him. And he walked in. He said, he was just really just moved. I could tell. He said, I just really feel like God is saying that our our immediate savings, not our long-term savings, but our immediate savings, we just really feel like God wants us to give all of that to a, a project, a thing we were working on here at the church. And, and we're talking like twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars $25,000. And this was like, you know, their kind of, uh, their six-month backup plan type thing, whatever. And I feel like God is, you know, wisdom overall, I'm, I'm not sure that that's the wisest thing to do continually. But every once in a while, God's going to give you a little nudge and say, no, you need to do this. And so with man's eyes, it may not look like the wisest thing. There are times when God will do that. I acknowledge that. But as a rule, you ask yourself if it's wise. God, they did give that then. God blessed them. And this has happened other times since. God blessed them for their faithfulness to do what it is that maybe through man's eyes didn't look like the wisest thing. But still, we need to ask ourselves as a rule, does this look like it's a wise decision? Does this look like it's a, something wise for us to do? Let's move to number four. Your giftedness. Is it in tune with your own character and wiring uh, and giftedness? If, if business isn't necessarily your giftedness, then maybe starting a business isn't for you. I learned that once. Uh, I've shared this story before, but I don't know if you could imagine me in a leotard. No, don't go there. But there was a guy who, who I went to Bible college with, and then he went on to cemetery, seminary, and um, he, he worked his way all the way through Bible college and seminary teaching preschoolers gymnastics. And it really was an amazing business. And some of you might think about doing this. But he would go to preschools, sign up 10, 15 kids of all the kids that are there. He'd go teach them how to do somersaults and jump on the trampoline for about a half hour, 45 minutes. He'd get the money from all the parents. And they loved it. And the kids loved it. And it was just a win-win. And he came to me and said, Scott, I'm done with seminary. Why don't you take this thing over and you can continue? I was, I think, a junior in Bible college or whatever. I had two more years left. And... And I was like, oh, yeah, I could see myself teaching little preschoolers how to do somersaults. And, like this, kids, like this. I mean, could you see me? Do- no, no, not so. And so after a few weeks of just talking it over and praying and even talking with Megan, we were dating at the time, as I remember, and others, I realized real quick, not really my gift. Now, now, um, uh, again, we leave room for the Holy Spirit, but overall, I, I, this could be huge. I'm not bragging on myself. Hear me. I'm not bragging on myself. But can I tell you, from the time I was little, I always loved being up in front of people. From the time I was little, all the way through middle school, high school, and college, I always loved that. And, and so w- when, when it came time for the Lord, the Lord called me into the ministry, others around me and whatever, I... I believe the Lord used those moments in my childhood even to 
to make me comfortable to be up in front of people so that one day I could share a greater message than June is busting out all over or Oklahoma, whatever it may be that I might be singing or acting out in that. You know, the very first thing, Middlebury Elementary School, boo-hoo, boo-hoo, what should I do? What should I do? That was the first lines. Uh, uh, from, a, a, I think it's first grade, boo-hoo, boo-hoo. Aren't you, you pleased? That might be a trivia question someday, Scott trivia, right there. R- write the book about myself. Very much more important than boo-hoo, boo-hoo, what should I do, what should I do, is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so when it came time for my life uh, to go into vocational full-time ministry, others around me and whatever, it just, you saw God's hand in it. Is there a gift in this there? And if there's not, that's okay, because God's got somewhere else for you. You, you. you get what I'm saying. But ask the Lord, is this fit my area of giftedness? And then the final thing is this. Ready? You, you can probably say this. Godly counsel. Godly counsel. Ask others. What do you think? Do you think this, would this fit? Well, I'm, what do you think about this? I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating uh, purchasing this house. I'm contemplating a, a job change. I'm contemplating that um, this might be the one that God has for me to marry. I'm contemplating that, that this future thing, I, I, it might not even develop until a couple years from now, but I feel like i got to take some steps right now, and I, I, I'm just kind of in this limbo, and I feel like I need to make a move either way. What do you think? Ask people, godly people, people that you respect, people that you want to hear what they will say. The final say on what God's will is should come from God, but it's wise to seek trusted and outside advice. Let me say it another way. This step must be done alongside the previous ones. Seeking wise advice should confirm what you sense God is already telling you to do. It should not take the place of talking directly to God because then what happens is you get a, a gentleman that I know who the dear saint came up and prophesied over him that he was to be a pastor, ends up going to Bible college, spends, I don't know, a year or two in ministry and, and never continues in ministry again. He goes home and, and, it, and this, this is a real situation. Megan and I know this situation. And, and really when it comes down to it is why did you ever go in ministry? Well, Sister Beulah, I don't know what her name was, but Sister Beulah prophesied over me that I'd be a pastor. And, and I thought, well, okay, I guess that's what I should do. Never sensing that call himself, but just going on someone else's call or directive. We got to have that moment ourselves. We got to let God speak to, because like Abraham, there's going to come a time where conflicts are going to arise, where things are going to happen. And we got to come back to what is God's vision on this, God's will for this, so that we know we are in the will and the plan of God. Now, sometimes I think we can make the will and the plan of God a little bit too mysterious, maybe a little, little spooky, a little bit like waiting for a banner in the, in the sky, you know, or some kind of, and so I, I think we, there's common sense involved in here, but ultimately there is a spiritual component of nailing down what is the will of God for my life, what is God's plan for my life, and then holding on to that, like, like not open-handed, but okay, closed-handed, this, I really feel like this is God's plan, so let's roll with it. So, having said that, that's my prayer for you for 2022. And I believe that there are some here watching this, some here listening to this, that God brought you here because you've got some decisions to make ahead of you. 
There's some things that the Lord has brought. I believe this is a prophetic word. This message is a prophetic word for some of you today. You need to, A, you need to go back to what you know God called you, led you to do, directed you to do, what the will of God was. You've been veering off. You've been going this way, this way, this way. Come back to what you know is sure. Hold on to that, what God laid on your heart. Others of you... Might we call you free spirits? You're just, you're just kind of out there just doing life. Just, oh, we're just, oh, yeah, we're just doing this, doing that. Can I just encourage you? What if you took some time, specifically even our, our Pray First initiative that's not happening this week but in, in a couple weeks, took some time to just fast and pray, even just put a meal or two aside and said, instead of eating, feeding my face, I'm going to feed my spirit, and I'm going to spend some time seeking the Lord. Let's dive in. Gentlemen, can I really encourage you as the head of your home, as the head of your family, can I just encourage you, take some time. This, th- over the next few weeks, just press in in prayer. God, what is it you have for our marriage? What is it you have for my children? And this doesn't leave moms and wives out of it. I'm, I'm just trying to just encourage mano e mano here. Let's, let's, let's step up and let's pray and let's learn to hear the, discern the voice of God.